Welcome to the Data Driven Podcast. I'm Dominic Bohan, the host of the Data Driven Podcast here, and today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by Deidre Downing, who is the Chief Learning Officer at Story IQ. Deidre's got a wealth of experience in education focused on teaching large enterprises the value of data literacy. I'm thrilled to invite Deidre and some of her friends to take the mic and share their knowledge with you, our loyal listeners. Okay. Here's a special data literacy episode of the Data Driven Podcast, guest hosted by Deidre Downing, the Chief Learning Officer at Story IQ. Hello, my name is Deidre Downing from Story IQ, and this week we're going to discuss data products and AI in large language models' roles in data. Joining me today is Padram Navid, who is the head of data engineering and DevRel at Dagster Labs. Dagster is a next-generation open-source data orchestration platform for the development, production, and observation of data assets. It offers data teams frictionless end-to-end development workflow with a modern, flexible architecture and a single pane of glass where they can observe, optimize, and debug even the most complex data workflows. Today, Padram and I are going to discuss cutting through the noise of data products. Okay. Here's my conversation with Padram Navid, the head of data engineering and DevRel at Dagster Labs. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us on the Data Driven Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, well, um, I think I imagine you have a ton to talk to us about around data products, just looking at your background and your expertise. So I guess maybe starting off, let's, uh, let's talk about the type of data products that are out there, sort of like big picture. What are we, what are we looking at? Yeah, that's a great question. I think even the idea of data products is fairly recent. I've only heard about it in the past few years. And I think maybe it's helpful to understand where it came from and what was like the whole motivation behind this idea of having a data product. In many ways, I think data teams found themselves wondering like how to start to put some stability around the assets that they produce for their stakeholders, right? So data teams traditionally have been uh, forever really bearing the brunt of stakeholder requests. You know, can I get this little chart here? Can I get that table? Can you add a column? Can you do this? Can you do that? And that feels very much like, you know, ticket work in many ways. It doesn't feel like impactful work for data people. And I think the conversation has shifted a lot over the past few years as data people have started, have started to wonder, like, what if we took, you know, some of the best practices that come out of product management and applied that to the data work we do today? And what if instead of, just thinking of ourselves as people who serve ad hoc requests, we start to think about the data that we produce as an actual product that we deliver to our stakeholders. And then you can start to think about it in terms of like, you know, what is the quality of our product? What are the features that our product will have? What are sort of the guarantees we want to convey to our users? And how do we talk to our users about the products that we deliver rather than about requests that they want, you know, served? So building more of a relationship as a business partner than like a, a task completer, which you know is not necessarily as fulfilling as some people would want their their roles to be. Exactly. I mean, that's the hope. There's always task fulfillment, I think, in data and that never really goes away. But I think if you start to think about data as a product itself, you can start to think about things like, you know, how do I enable my users to uh, self-serve and how do I get them to answer questions that they need uh, answers to, right? If you start to think about things in, that way, you can sometimes cut down a lot of those ad hoc requests yourself. So I think that's sort of where the data product movement has come out of, like this idea that maybe we can do a little bit more than just serving random tickets. You know, understanding at the end of the day, like 
your CEO says, hey, I need to know how many widgets we sold last week. Like that's a thing that you're just going to have to do. But for maybe the other 80% of the time, can we focus more on building, you know, quality data products that people can consume and use? And are you finding that, you know, other individuals in the business are on board with this, that they're, you know, using data in a different way or, you know, being more data driven? I think it takes training a little bit and handholding and you got to kind of work with people to learn to think about things in that way. So I think if you come from a place where your stakeholders are so used to treating data like a place of requests, and then you give them the data and they go out and do the thing with it, for you to go the next day and say, hey, we're not doing this anymore, we're changing the way we work, there will be a little bit of like hesitation, I think, on their part. They'll start to wonder like, well, what happens to all these requests I have? And they may just, even if they're on board, they'll forget and revert back to their old behaviors. So in many ways, I think what ends up happening and what I what I tend to see is that it's a journey for both teams, right? Like the data team has to start to think about, you know, how do we productize the work that we're doing, but also how do we bring stakeholders along to show them that like, this is actually a partnership and not just a complete change of how we tend to work with each other. And do you have, you know, some advice about bringing those stakeholders on board to work with you? Because that's potentially a very new position for them to be in. It is. And it's, there's no, I think, easy answer to these things other than just to work with them, sit with them and talk to them and explain sort of what the you know, larger goal is here, right? I think at the end of the day, stakeholders, they don't really want to have to sift through data requests either, right? That's just how they're used to working. What they really want is access to insights and the ability to understand their business, whatever line of product that is, line of business that is, right? So um, I think if you can sit down with them and explain to them the benefits of like moving to looking at data as a product and how, you know, there's there's two sides to it, right? The data team is happier, they're more fulfilled, they're working on more powerful and engaging stuff. At the same time, the, the stakeholders, they get access to higher quality products, the ability to more quickly understand and get insights into their activities. And when you say products, I'm just in my head here sort of picturing, you know, the building of dashboards and not to limit the work that you do to dashboards at all, but that's just what pops into my head. What what types of products are you creating? Are you finding are of, of value? Yeah, it could be anything. I mean, dashboards, I think, is the default. And I, I think dashboards are a great place to start, you know, thinking about things as products, right? But it could be a variety of things. So it could be a process itself that becomes a product. Maybe you're working with a sales team and they want to understand, you know, customer health, right? That customer health could be a product. One way to do it, maybe the old-fashioned way, is to just generate a score and give them, you know, a table and say, here you go, have fun looking at this table. Um, but if you start thinking of it from a product lens, you might think, okay, well, what are the ways that I could take the output of this and make it more useful to the sales team themselves, right? Do I take that data, ingest it into their sales CRM tool, and do I you know, think carefully about how I want to generate that so it's easier for them to comprehend. I'm not just giving a random number, but I'm explaining what that number means. Do I want to incorporate some way of getting feedback on that system, right? So maybe there's a button that says, you know, I disagree with this thing or I can override it. So you start to almost think like a PM on these things, right? Like how do I make this request into something much more useful and beneficial to the org so that it actually drives real change and isn't just a table that someone sometimes looks up at. And you mentioned project product managers there. How do you equip your data team to really act like a product manager? Or do you incorporate product managers into your team to, to do that work? I've seen both. I've seen people within a data org themselves start to 
take on a lot of that PM responsibilities themselves. And sometimes there are people who are really passionate or want to grow their career in a different trajectory. And they're like, not so much in love with, you know, analyzing data as they are with building products. And they realize that through their data journey. And so they start to become a PM as part of their career progression. But I've also seen teams take on PMs and bring them as a data PM as well, right? And that that person probably has like the skills and background to speak with their stakeholders, understand priorities, and think carefully about, you know, what the roadmap is going to be for the data team. Can you talk to me a little bit about the trade-offs of the sort of time that needs to be invested when you are building a data product as opposed to doing those ad hoc requests that people might need in a more timely way? Is there is there friction there? Are there, you know, priorities that you need to weigh and and what you're building a product for and what you're reacting to in real time? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, everything has trade-offs, right? I think there's like just the organizational friction is probably the hardest one to overcome in many ways, right? It's easy to do the status quo. And if your org has been set up in a way that the data team is a, is set up to just take on requests and tickets, and you have a process in place and you have tooling in place that all supports and you know makes sure that that system is always running, there's going to be a ton of organizational friction in order to start to move that you know in a different direction. And so that itself is a trade-off, right? Like, is the cost-benefit analysis? Is this something that, you know, would benefit the org long-term if you put in the time now? Outside of that, like, there's also the question, I think, of, you know, what happens to those requests from the stakeholders? And at the end of the day, like, they may have to be comfortable with not getting answers to as many questions. I think that actually may be more of a benefit than a than a trade-off in some ways. If you think about it, if you force your stakeholders to really think carefully about what they're asking of you and to prove that they are going to benefit from this question in some material way, then I think it puts the onus on the stakeholder to think carefully about like, why am I asking this question and what change will it impart if I get an answer to this question? One of my favorite things to ask people when they ask you know, a data request is like, okay, well, how will you make a decision based off this information that I gather? Because I can go and spend, you know, two days generating that information for you. But if you've already got your mind made up, like, let me know, and I'll just pull a random number. And, you know, the outcome will be the same. But if this is going to drive a material strategic, you know, business decision, well, let's talk about what that is first before I go pull a bunch of data. Because the more nuanced you can be with me about how, you know, the decisions you want to make are, the more care and thought I'll put into generating this data for you so that it's in a way that makes sense. I imagine that you know, being at a, at a team that does this well, you've forced the non-data people to really take a more critical eye to problem solving with data and have probably inadvertently really increased their their data literacy and their, their abilities to solve problems with data. Do you see individuals in the business becoming more self-service in terms of their data needs and answering their questions than prior to this? I have. And I think in many ways, I think everyone is a data person at most orgs these days, right? I think gone are the days where you had a data team that had data literacy and was the only route people had to understanding data. I think now you look across the org, anywhere from marketing to sales to customer success, the CEO, even engineering, product, every single line of business and most leaders in these lines of businesses are data literate. And they want access to data. They don't want to have to rely on someone else to get that data for the most part. I don't think anyone really truly loves waiting for someone else to fulfill a request to answer a question. I think that's just what we've been trained to do, or that's just been the limitations from a technology perspective. But 
more and more I've seen, you know, people pick up and learn SQL or even Python who have never programmed a day in their life, but they're doing it because they just need access to that data. And so I've definitely seen a shift in how people think. And for the most part, if you do this well and you start to build data products that are compelling and easy to use, stakeholders will tend to gravitate towards that very quickly. I really appreciate you saying that, you know, everyone is a data person because I I firmly believe that as well. People might just not know that about themselves yet. I guess I'm wondering, you know, maybe I'm not wondering. I think maybe I have an idea of this. I imagine that people become more curious because they now have access to more data and they're able to sort of explore outside of maybe that silo they lived in before. Um, are you seeing better connections across the organization and across business units uh, with the the creation of the data products that you and your team are, are building? I do. I think data is like one of those few teams that are so cross-functional that they kind of touch everyone, right? Maybe finance is the only other one that I can think of that is as like cross-functional. And data teams really serve, I think, a couple of really important purposes when they work across teams, right? One is because they are so really, you know, in the best of the world, they're like so neutral across an org that they kind of serve, you know, two functions. One is, you know, make sure every team is, you know, empowered to answer questions on their own. But the other is to be sort of that second check to make sure that no one team has too much say in how a particular thing is calculated, right? I think if, for example, the data team reported to marketing only, you would tend to find that every lead comes from marketing and marketing is doing great and the cost of acquisition is very low and, you know, marketing is the driver of all good things that they work, right? And that's like, that's not what you really want. What you want is like a healthy sort of trade-off between what the business leaders want and their point of view and the neutrality, I think, of the data teams. And so, I think what I've seen so far is that in well-functioning orgs, that little bit of tension is really appreciated. It can sometimes lead to a little bit of conflict and questions around like, well, actually, I would probably define it this way. It was up to me. But at the end of the day, I think when the data team is neutral and you have a strong CEO who really wants what's best for the org and the rest of the leaders are kind of bought into that mission, there's a little bit of tension, but it tends to, I think, work out in the benefit of the org. And that's something that can only really happen if the data team is truly neutral across the org. Now I'm sold, right? This this idea of thinking about data as a product, you've got me on board. Let's say we've got a, a data engineer listening to our podcast right now. How would you help that person get started in their organization thinking about data as a product? Good question. I think the first thing I would say is there's a lot of resources out there and that's probably where I would start. There's a great Slack community called Locally Optimistic, which is where I first heard about this concept. And so I would recommend joining that. They also have a public blog. And I believe there's a one or two part series on you know data as a product. Been a few years now since it's been posted, but it should be easy to find. I would say definitely start there and just start to absorb some of like the thinking and ways in which people are approaching this. The second thing I would say is everyone's journey is different and fraught with difficulty on this, right? It's not an overnight change. It's a transition, it's progress, and it'll take you know time. As with all of these types of like organizational things, the more buy-in you have, I think the better as well, right? So before you embark on a full transformational journey all by yourself, maybe talk to your manager, your CEO, and make sure that they're kind of bought in on the vision. And to get sold on that vision, I think takes time. So think carefully about how you're going to sell this. It's rare that someone will buy into a vision that only impacts you. 
So think more broadly about how this is going to benefit the organization, about how it's going to unlock the ability to drive better insights and action from those insights. And from there, I think you can start to sort of start building out this message and, you know, uh, working with stakeholders, right? I would say pick a, one stakeholder to serve really, really, really well. Typically, I would say if you can, you know, serve the CEO or finance first, that's always really impactful. People love money and the more money you can impact on an organization, the better it is for everybody. So I would definitely start there. And I would say also every time you hit a roadblock, reach out for help within the community itself. I'd say the data community, in my experience, has been extremely helpful, uh, very open, and people love sharing you know, their opinions on how to overcome a lot of these organizational challenges. I would say the data community, more than maybe like you know, software engineering, the, the challenges are far less technical and far more structural and organizational. And so it's not like you can just you know, ask ChatGPT, how do I solve this little problem that I'm coming up with um, with my CEO? That's not really going to work. It's much more like, let me find someone who's been through this before and talk to them about how they've worked through this organizational challenge and how maybe they've proven the value of a data team to uh, their CEO, for example. Yeah, mentoring, right? No matter what business unit you're in, a mentor to help you through and push you to that next stage is is super important. And I think, uh, thank you for sharing that resource for the community. I'm sure anyone out there listening, uh, hopefully we'll get a few more subscribers to that Slack channel. Thanks to your, your call out there. Well, I think that's a great place for us to wrap up. Some really solid advice there on getting started, thinking about data as a product, and also the influence and value that an organization can get from switching that mindset from you know data as order takers to product creators. Thanks to Pedram Navid, head of data engineering and DevRel at Dagster Labs for joining us. Join us again tomorrow when Pedram and I continue our conversation and discuss the role of AI and large language models in data. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Pajan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can also contact him on Twitter, where his handle is at PDRMNVD, or visit his company website at dagster.io. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to datadrivenpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. Of course, you can always reach me. Just submit an inquiry at storyiq.com. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a steady stream of data-driven brilliance in your podcast feed, we're publishing multiple episodes each week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, remember that when it comes to data, less is more. Uh